Let's rock. Let's rock. So talking over the initial part of our podcast has been definitely a fun part of what we've been doing for the last few weeks. All right, we're back, and we have one topic tonight. We're going to maybe keep this episode short, but before we get into that, because it's summer, because we all love ice cream, everybody loves ice cream, and I'm sure we're all going to take our families out for some ice cream visits. One of the things that we thought we would talk about, what is our favorite ice cream flavor and or our favorite ice cream treat? So who wants to hit us off first with this one? Because this is controversial. It could be. <laughs> For me, butter pecan. It can't go. Oh. Can't, can't go. Can't go wrong with it. Butter, butter pecan, pecan is so good. I would never have guessed that for you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, you know, and it's really funny because that is like that is like an old school like ice cream flavor that was yeah. one of my dad's favorites yes. and i love like i love butter pecan ice cream i was gonna say like that's what my grandma always had in the freezer but i felt like it was always freezer burn like no one ever drank no one drank they never ate it except my grandma like once a week i'm like all right <laughs> i might start calling you my grandmama <laughs> who was grandmama who was the basketball player what was that larry johnson larry johnson larry johnson all right go ahead Dean. Um, so there is a, there's an ice cream place, uh, nearby that serves Hershey's ice cream, which Hershey's ice cream is, is really, is always really Mm. good, but they have a salted caramel truffle flavor, which is, has become my favorite lately. So if you could just imagine like vanilla ice cream with this really beautiful ongoing swirl of salted caramel (laughs) and then these like little chocolate pieces is so good. So, so good. That does sound good. My favorite ice cream flavor is coffee ice cream. I know that sounds really boring and gross, but my favorite ice cream treat is vanilla ice cream, hot fudge, peanuts, cherry on top. Oh. And that would be what I would go with if I'm going to hit up. Yeah. The hot fudge sundae with peanuts is like, it's, it's like the peanuts are important, you know? And I know a lot of people don't do peanuts on their hot fudge sundaes, but it's important. Yeah, you're missing out. Big time. Peanuts. All right. Well, hopefully we'll all enjoy an ice cream thing tonight. So tonight we don't really have a big topic, but I thought we would, or not me, we thought we would talk about why is race uncomfortable to talk about? It's a very broad topic, but could spur some conversation. We talked a long time at the beginning of this podcast or at the beginning of this um, before the podcast about why we thought this would be an interesting topic. And one of the things that came up for me anyway was white people just feel guilt and shame when it comes to talk about race especially lately because i was listening to another podcast uh kendy was on a podcast with talib kali it's called the people's party podcast and talib kali uh, hosts it and one of the things that uh kendy said was being anti-racist equals being anti-white in many circles that we talk about 
And that resonated with me a lot because I feel like because of the way that Kendi has drawn a line in the sand and said, if you're anti-racist, you're here. If you're assimilationist or racist, you're here. And I think a lot of white people have taken that as being, if I'm not actively doing something, then I'm being anti, or excuse me, if I'm not actively doing something, I'm a racist. And therefore, the movement for CRT, for anti-racism, is an anti-white movement. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I mean, I disagree with it, obviously, but... Um, so I, 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 uh, in terms of why it's such a difficult conversation to have. So I was listening to, um, a, a great episode of unlocking us at Bernie and Brown did with Celestine, who is the author of little fires everywhere. And which was, uh, when they made it into a TV show, Gerard and I both watched it and it was, it was such a good show. And there are so many nuances yes. to, to race and, you know, the, the role that, that white women play in, you know, navigating the world with, with women of color. Cause there was mm. a, um, somebody who is, um, and I'm trying to remember Gerard, the, the character of Asian descent. I cannot remember whether she was, what was her Chinese. Name? I want to say it's, but she, my wife so would know cause she was into that one. Yeah, it was, it was such a good, it was such a good like series. And it's like, and I always say I'm going to read the book and I never get around to it, but um, one of the things that she brought up was she grew up in a town who um, the the, per, the town decided that they needed to have better diversity in the town. So yeah. they they purposefully integrated people who were white with people who were black and tried to do this basically this social experiment of having everybody kind of there. And it became very popular in the 90s when all this was going on to say mm-hmm. things like, I don't see color. You know, it's, it's, I don't do this. So what ends up, what ends up happening through that is the, the want and desire to say, I don't see color, you know, color doesn't matter to me. I don't see color. Um, You know, if you're a good person, that's important to me. But what ends up happening is that in essence, what you then do is you strip people of their identity and who they are. Mm. And it's like, so it becomes a, you know, um, I, I, I want to say that I'm doing the right thing by not talking about it, but yet the not talking about it is hurting somebody. And yeah. it's like, and I can't imagine like, you know, people saying to me, you know, cause this is, this has happened to me my entire life. You know, people look at me and they don't see somebody who is part Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. They see somebody who they think is white and have said a lot of really harmful racist things. And then when I go, you know, my people really don't like it when you talk about them like that. <laughs> then it's like, oh, I, I didn't know. And it's like, but the fact that you, you should have said know, it. Yeah, doesn't excuse that you said it. Oh, um, so that, like, that's hugely problematic. And it's like, and I've also yeah. had, you know, people go, you know, well, you, you don't look Asian. You don't look this. And it's like, and it's made me feel in a lot of cases like I uh, so I can't claim that part of my identity and who I am because you don't want to recognize that that's who I am. Like that's mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. Yes. True. That made me think about something we need to talk about tonight. New topic. But Gerard, you want to jump in on that? Like why is race such a hard thing to talk about? Oh no. Like I was freezing up on this end or something weird. Um, now you I know for me, it's whatever, but I think it's so hard to talk about because it leads those that don't look like me to 
have to be vulnerable and uncomfortable for at least a moment. And the thought of that just freaks some people out because they're so used to not having to deal with it or could always hide behind conversations of like um, just conversation around maybe um, affirmative action or just Mm. surface level conversation where they could kind of like just skate by and just use, use the cop out of, I don't see color, but now the way things are through the forefront, those same excuses that have been able to get them by can't get them by. And now that, that like, as Brene Brown talks about that vulnerability and that shame, like that's some real stuff. And just being in those, that state of mind really, really has people shook up. And so they don't want to hear anything about CRT, black lives matter equity. And nobody is trying to teach white kids that, they're evil or things are their fault. That's not what these conversations are about. These conversations are about let's stop glossing over the real history. Let's teach the real history because black and brown kids need to see the excellence that has ran, you know, in their blood. And they need to see the parts of history that have, um, held them back, which lead to systemic laws and things that hold us up right now that we're still fighting against. Yeah, let me let me ask you a different kind of question. So let let's assume, let's not assume. Let's say I'm a white guy and you're a black guy. Facts, right? All right, but let's assume that you and I don't know each other at all. And let's assume that I move across the street from you in the neighborhood. Your neighbor, your garage, my garage, meet up face to face. Let's assume that I walk across the street and I'm like, I'm Doug Tim and I want to talk to you about race, but I don't really agree with everything that this country is doing today. Like, what is, what, what would you like? So maybe I'm a Trump supporter. Maybe I'm not. Maybe you don't know yet. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm like, yo, I see you're black. Your black kids are running around the front. Your wife's black. I'm a white dude. I got three white children around. I'm black. I got to I gotta get to know you because you're my neighbor. You live across the street from me. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. I'm not Doug Tim. I am. What are you going to say to me when I come over? I'm like, listen, let's talk about race for a second. Like, what would be the first thing you would say to me? Like, it, it, maybe I didn't come to you and say it that way. But what would be the way that you, if I brought up the conversation, if I brought up something and said, hey, man. I'm really wondering about all these sort of things. Like what is something that you would think that I should know, assuming I know nothing about race? I'm, I'm assuming it wouldn't be CRT. Like, like what might be that first thing that you might talk to your neighbor about? Assuming again, I'm not an educator. I'm just a dude across the street. I might be an HVAC. I might be a, you know, I might be just <laughs> putting in air conditioners. You know what I mean? <laughs> like what would be the thing you would say to me? Like, Oh, I want to talk to you about race. What would be the thing you would say to me first? What do you think? Well, the first thing I'm going to let you do more to talking than me because okay. the first right, fair enough. The, fair fir- enough. the first thing I want to tr- the first thing I want to try to find out is indirectly just 
Like when you bring that up, I might throw out some feelers, but mm-hmm. those feelers could be depending on how I'm feeling and what I'm like, the vibe I'm getting. It could be a, a wide range of things from, um, you know, views on the election, views on um, Alan Iverson. Yep, Alan Iverson. <laughs> I was kidding. You know, no, sometimes, sometimes I'll, sometime I'll weave that. I could weave that in too because we could talk about some sports things and. Mm-hmm. If I see you leaning towards that viewpoint of shut up and dribble, then I know where you're mm-hmm. staying. So mm-hmm. there's certain ways I could gauge that by letting that person do the, um, letting my neighbor do the, uh, do the talking. But one of the main things is I want to gauge to see one, how many black people has he been around? Two, mm-hmm. has he grown up with black people in his circle mm-hmm. or around mm-hmm. or hanging out? And then mm-hmm. three, um, like what's his engagement in his profession with people that don't look like him. So I might gauge to see it's weird because that first initial angle, I ain't going to harp on him. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some fact finding and some, Mm. and if you're a sports guy, yeah, I'm going to try to lead you towards, you know, LeBron and Chris Paul and that whole ordeal of their thinking and their, their stance on social justice to see because if you really have a problem with equity and um, Black Lives Matter and um, things that go on to advance brown and black, brown and colored people, black people, black and brown people, BIPOC, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, yeah. Latinx, yeah. you're you're going to make some sideways comments that you don't realize where Absolutely. I'm going to pick up on it. Yeah. Interesting. I was so like... I so had a I so had a feeling when when Doug when you started painting the scenario I so had a feeling. Dina's rocking like, her. You guys, can't, you guys can't see it, but Dina's rocking her chair right now, and I've never seen Dina rocking her chair like that. I'm like, she's just she ready to say something. She was. I, I was like, I already know where this is going, and I know how Gerard is going to respond to this. And I said, it is going to go. Gerard is going to pause, and he is going to go. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more about that. Tell me more about. I, I got tell it. me more about your racist ways. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I have, I have found out if you do, because you've never had this conversation before, ever, Gerard, right? Oh, never, I've you've had, never had this conversation. I've had them. I know you have. I know. It will, it will, it will, it will fall into your lap. It will yeah. fall into your lap, like it does. I agree with you. It's. And, and it's, it's, it's so easy too. Oh, it God, is. It's, no, it's real easy, and that's the thing. Is like if. You're that adamant about your stance. Please be that adamant about when I bring the facts of right, the right. Hist- history of America. Right. And don't get mad at me. Don't get you don't get mad at me. <laughs> don't get mad at me. It's just a fact. It's like, you know, and it's so funny. I had a I had a conversation with somebody that I used to work with, and it it sounded very similar to what you were setting up, Doug. And it was you know middle aged white man, and you know he's like, well, uh, you know. I work with this person. I work with this person and they're both black and, and it's never a problem. And I'm like, well, maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to you about what their situations are and what their everyday experiences are. And it's like, you know, so don't just because it's never been brought up and you've never had a conversation about it doesn't mean the problems don't exist for them. Like maybe they're not telling you the full story, you know, just because it's your experience does not mean that that is, how it happens for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll tell you something that I have guilty as charged been doing for many, many, many years. And this is a, a truth that I'm going to spill out and you guys are going to laugh at this, but it is a truth, truth, truth. And I don't remember what I was listening to or who I was talking to where I realized this, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, God damn, I've been doing that. So ever since being a social justice warrior was a thing, like, again, we've all talked about how we've been on this journey for five, six, seven, 12,000 years for whatever, for some of us, Gerard, Dina, you, Two pe- being people of color have been on it since the day you were born. Me, I had to walk into it, right? As a certain age, being a white guy, right? So I had to actually walk into it and accept that this is what I needed to do. But I also realized as a white guy that I also started doing things like, hey, so let's just say I was your neighbor. Let's go back to the scenario. I'm your neighbor, Gerard. You've never met me before. I walk over in a different scenario. I say, hey, guess what? Hey, Gerard, I see you're black. I have three black friends. I work with 12 black people. I actually hired 26 black people last year. And I have so many women and people of color that are in my circle. Like, look at me. Like, that is also the thing that a lot of white people do to try to get, like, no one cares. Like, just be you. Like, I'm just having a relationship with you because you're my neighbor. Like, you're my neighbor. The fact that you're black has nothing to do with being my neighbor. If that comes up later and we have a conversation about what are your experiences with black people, then so be it. If you ask me to play spades and I'm like, I can't play any spades because I don't know how to play spades, then so be it. That's just who we are as people. But you need to be my neighbor first. And I think that's what I think sometimes white people forget when they try to get or meet people of color is that you want to lay all of your cards out. Like just, oh, here's all of my receipts right here. There's all of them right here. And then we're all good. I play basketball. <laughs> I play football. <laughs> I listen to rap music. Okay, great. But that doesn't mean like you're anti-racist. <laughs> that doesn't mean like you're on my team. That doesn't mean anything. It just means that maybe you like Snoop Dogg back in the 90s. Like it doesn't mean anything. So I don't know. I just think that that's so funny because I am super, super guilty of doing that in the past. I'm trying to reform from that. Doug, you, you, you make a good point about music because I don't know no white person that don't like Snoop. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Oh, no, 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 no white person that likes Snoop. Every white person likes Snoop. That reminded me of something that Matthew Kay had said. Um, it was like something to the effect of, you know, when, when people talk about having these safe spaces, that, you know, people tend to go a little bit overboard. It's like, you know, like, this is a safe space, you know, and they tend to make a big kind of production out of that. And it's really what dictates safe is not that you call it a safe space. It's how you behave with the space that you're in. And so it's like, for some people, the safe space might be, I feel comfortable enough to, to divulge to you that I'm experiencing something racist. Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable enough to express to you that as a woman, I am, you know, constantly run over top of when I am yeah. having a conversation with somebody. Um, as an LGBTQ plus, you know, person, I have had people say these things. Like, it's not what you call it, it's what you do with the space that you have. And so mm-hmm. for some people, that might be saving room. You know, I am gonna I'm gonna leave room for this because it's important. For some people, it might be not expecting they labor for free, you know, so you have to, you have to kind of know the people who you are around to understand what does that safe space mean for them. Hmm. And and no person of color has ever run up to me and said, you know, I love Garth Brooks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Garth 
Garth Brooks is my man. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> no, not, not, not yet. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen. It could happen. We're all, we're all progressing. But I, so, I, I had a funny no, conversation with one of my friends one time. I'm like, the, I'm gonna say to you right now the whitest thing that I, <laughs> I ever do. And I said, is that when I'm having a de- bad day, I put on Dave Matthews Band. That's nothing wrong with that. Dave Matthews Band is fine. I I know that's kind of my barometer for when I'm experiencing a lot of stress. Whenever I get really stressed out, I listen to Dave Matthews Band, and that's become a like, what's going on, Dina? Like, something going on that you need to be aware of because you're listening to Dave Matthews Band. Like, something's up. I'm writing that down for the show now. Yes. Yes. You ask the black man about country, he gonna he gonna he gonna give you two artists. He's gonna either give you Billy Ray Cyrus or Jimmy Allen. Oh, Jimmy Allen. Who's Jimmy Allen? I don't oh, know Jimmy Allen. Doug. Jimmy Allen's from around here. Yeah, he's from like Milton. That Milton. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get you some Jimmy Allen. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't go south of Newcastle County unless I'm going to the beach. Okay, people, let's understand yeah. that. I know you're from Kent and Sussex, the both of you, but I'm trying to remember. He was a contestant, wasn't it on American Idol? Yeah, or something. He was on yeah, American yeah, Idol. Um but yeah, he's um Jimmy Allen's Jimmy Allen's Delaware. Doug, speaking of oh, beach, right. speaking of beach, like the past two times I've been to the beach, Bethany and Ocean City. I've been quite I've been quite satisfied with the amount of black mm-hmm. people at the beach. Mm-hmm. I've nice. been quite satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely representative of the population of Delaware. I mean I I mean, if we want to talk about Delaware right now, I mean I am proud of Delaware. As many issues as we have, I will say our representation when it comes to certain things in Delaware, we are really doing a pretty decent job. Now I will say I also know that we have some issues down in the south with some flags that I still see driving down Route 1 and 13 and some things that I see going on, at least visually. I don't know how those people feel, but I see what they post right. and there's some issues, especially in some of the back roads going through Georgetown, Laurel, and those areas because I had to get a COVID yeah. shot down there. and I was like, oh, my God. But that being said... I'm all. Delaware's done all right. I mean, we got curriculum coming forward. Women are getting their props too. I'm loving how women are getting their props. Isn't there some also some discussion around how we are going to be changing um, college, like paying for college? Like, there's been a discussion around that lately, hasn't there? I don't know. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I've got to look into that a little bit more because I believe I heard something the other day. But yeah, we've got. I've got to check into that a little bit more. But I mean, if that's the case, it's going to open up. you know, admission to college and then going to college and making that process much better for so many of our students, which is fantastic. Yes. All right. Well, we promised the folks a shorter episode at the beginning. So any last words from you two? I got nothing. I think this was fun. This was fun. fun. This was fun. If he, if you, if you see Doug Tim coming, ask him about Garth Brooks. (laughs) All right. We'll leave on that. Oh, geez, I got my thing all messed up. I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> we got it, we got it, we got it. Shh. Gerard, where I'm coming from. Especially for those students that look like me that came from my community. I wanted to be an influencer for them, white, for young people.